Hey everyone, uh, thanks for listening in today. Uh, I'm Pastor Brendan, and joining me today is Pastor David. Um, this is uh, the Emmanuel Church Podcast. It exists to encourage us and all of you towards two things. We want to make sure that we're meditating on the words of, uh, of Scripture, and we also want to find ways to apply that um, scripture to our lives. So this month we're talking about the book of Proverbs and we're doing one a day. Today is May 10th and so we're jumping into Proverbs 10 which I'm going to read right now. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son brings joy to his father but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Ill-gotten tre treasures have no lasting value but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. Blessings crown the head of the righteous, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. The name of the righteous is used in blessings, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Whoever winks maliciously causes grief, and a chattering fool comes to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Wisdom is found on the lips of the, of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of one who has no sense. The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. The wealth of the rich is the fortified city, but, the poverty, uh, but poverty is the ruin of the poor. The wages of the righteous is life, but the earnings of the wicked are sin and death. Whoever, heaps, whoever heeds discipline shows the way of life. But whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. Sin is not ended up by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The mouth of the, or the tongue of the righteous is a choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. A fool finds pleasure in wicked times, wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. What the wicked dread will overtake them. What the righteous desire will be granted. When the storm is swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so are sluggards to those who send them. The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. The prospect of, righteous, of the righteous is joy, but the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. The way of the Lord is a refuge for the blameless, but it is the ruin of those who do evil. The righteous will never be uprooted, but the wicked will not remain in the land. From the mouth of the righteous comes the fruit of wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be silenced. The lips of the righteous know what finds favor, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. So what's jumping out with you, Pastor David? This is a long proverb with 30 verses. 
Yeah, I mean, it's long, but it's also, uh, it's a new format, right? So we've been doing Proverbs that have um, a more kind of outlinable quality, where we'll talk about something for a little bit, and then talk about contrast it with something else. Like yesterday, we had the one that talked about um, the table of the righteous and the table of the wicked, and how those kind of contrasted. Right. And most of the proverb kind of pointed to that idea. But now we've gotten into kind of what I think about when I think about Proverbs, which is just a hodgepodge of sayings. It's like uh, Solomon would just be maybe walking around and he'd have a saying and he'd be like, hey, write this down. And then they'd write it down and then he'd go around for a while and have another saying, hey, write this down. That's kind of how I imagine Proverbs was written, <laughs> just like somebody transcribing Solomon's thoughts when he said, oh, that's a good thought. And he'd have it write it down. That's cool. I never thought about it. Yeah. And so fun. you get like weird, weird things that don't maybe go together. And so you'll have a thought about this and the thought about that and the thought about something else. Um, but what it's what I love about Proverbs because each day the proverb is going to have something that applies to you, something that kind of speaks to you on that day. Right. And there's a lot here. Like in Proverbs 1, you know, hurting your mom has always been bad, right? <laughs> like <laughs> like we, this is thousands of years ago when he's all like, don't hurt your mother. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, Got to make mama happy. That's right. That's right. And so he's like, oh, wise son brings joy to his father, but foolish son brings grief to his mom. And it's like, obviously that's bad. Don't do that, right? <laughs> Like, it's not, it's not good for anybody. And so, uh, you know, I tell my kids sometimes, like, hey, just let's, let's not, let's not rile your mom up today. Let's choose today to like make, (laughs) like leave it even for mom. And this is like, I feel like that's what the proverb guy Solomon is kind of doing. He's like, hey, let's take it easy on mom today. Cause you know, if mom's mad, she's going to go talk to dad and then dad's in a bad mood. It just doesn't work out. And so, uh, I like that. But then there's, um. Um, another idea in Proverbs that I think is so important, and it's it's all of wisdom literature, um, but it's the idea of principle, not promise, right? Yes, right. And so Proverbs are principles, not promise. And in Proverbs 3, it says, the Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. And there's a lot of context here, because he's going to talk about, he's already talked about, if you remember a, a while back, maybe a week ago, we talked about the ants, like the sluggard go consider the way the ants, exactly. I think that was already passed on. Right. And he's going to talk about the sluggard here, too. And so we know the sluggard, like, typically comes to ruin. But we all know a guy who's, like, completely failed up in life, right? Just like, mooching off their parents. Mooching yeah. off their parents, maybe. Maybe, like, you know, uh, got hit by a car and got a, like, settlement and ended up <laughs> buying a house. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, all these where you can just, like, be lazy and lucky. And, right. like, it, it seems to work out for you. And so, like, the idea isn't, like, if you're a sluggard, you're always going to fail. And if you're diligent, you're always going to succeed and have plenty to eat. It's more the principle. Like, if you're, you can't count on winning the lottery. You can't count on being born to wealthy parents. You can't count on, you know, buying a Pokemon card and just not throwing it out and it being worth a million dollars at some point in your life. You can't count on that stuff. That stuff might happen. And if you plan for it, like, it's more likely to happen. But the the reality is we can plan for our actions and how we're going to live our life. And so the sluggard typically goes to ruin. The one who's not righteous typically um, doesn't doesn't do the right stuff, and so they're hungry when it's food time. Um, sure. And so the uh, the idea of principle, not promise, uh, is is all over Proverbs. That yeah, that definitely tracks, and a lot of these. Uh... Um, are are set up with like couplets that go together. Each verse is a little couplet where where you'll either either have some things being compared or contrasted. Yes, right. Um, I know you were you were talking about one of the verses that before we started um, that really uh, popped out at you. Let's see. 
I'm, I'm scanning for it. Oh, sin is not ended by multiplying words. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's huge. And so um, in verse 10, right, it says, A chattering fool comes to ruin. Um, and in verse 21, it says, The lips of the righteous nourish many. But right in the middle there in verse 19, it says, Sin is not ended by multiplying of the words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Like, I, th- I think that's such a corrective verse. I, I feel like that's the verse for, like, preachers, right? <laughs> so, like, yeah. we, like, you can talk and talk and talk and talk and try to talk your way out of this or that. And, like, if you're, you know, if you're a preacher, you're, you're kind of paid to be good at talking. Mm. Um, and we can, we can mistake people who are good at talking, you know, preachers and lawyers and counselors, anybody who talks for a living and is good at, like, trying to convince people of something um, it can be easy to fall back on that to like kind of cover your shame or your sin or your wrongness. Like so we talked yesterday about correction, like somebody corrects you and it's easy um, for some folks to just start talking and feel like they can talk their way out of having been wrong. Mm. Um, and you can't like, if you've been wrong, you've been wrong. If you, if you've wronged somebody, you wronged them. And no matter how much you talk, it won't fix the fact that you wronged them. Like, yeah, like yeah. and so, and so the, the idea that we could, that humans could argue our way out of trouble might work for a judge or a lawyer. It might work for a, a, right. a prison guard or it might work for a police officer who pulls you over because you've been speeding and you're like, well, I got this thing and I got this thing and you should feel bad for me. You squeeze out a tear or two and maybe they let you off with a warning, right? True. But it doesn't change the sin. It doesn't change the fact that you did wrong. Like you were, you were speeding and that was a sin or you, you broke whatever law you broke, whatever you did that you're in trouble for. Yeah, you did it, yeah. and you're guilty, and and God isn't tricked by that, right? When you tell the, the the police officer like, I really had to, you know, get home and, you know, feed my fish. The the cop knows he doesn't know you don't have any fish, but God knows you don't have fish, right? Sure, God knows sure. that that's just a lie to get out of trouble, right? And so He says, you know, sin is not ended by the multiplying of words. This yeah, is, no matter how much you talk, you can't you can't undo the sin that you did, right? And and often the multiplying of words. Uh, adds to the sin because yeah. you're being dishonest about, you know, and, and prideful, yeah. you know, and, and you're not, uh, you're, you're trying to cover it up and, and that's just causing, causing more sin. It's like when you catch your kid doing something and they give you excuse after excuse after excuse that's right. and they're just making it worse on themselves. I'm like, if you just stop talking and say, I'm sorry. I did this, I will accept the punishment. Right. You know, then then you're not going to make things worse for yourself, you know. Right. I, I think right. that's that's it. That's it, it exactly is it. We we try to talk ourselves out of sin and the reality is we're adding we're compounding our sins. We're yeah. we're adding to it by denying and by obfuscating or gaslighting the person who told us we hurt them or you know, I'm going to try to talk you out of the idea that I hurt you. You just can't. And that's just that's just gaslighting. It's treating other people badly. It's not respecting the humanity of other people. There's all kinds of wrong with that. And so sure. um, there's a danger. Uh, but it gives you the solution, too. It says the prudent hold their tongues, <laughs> you know? Like right. sometimes it's better just to not, just to listen to what somebody has to say and to think on it and to consider on it, to meditate on it, and to find if, if there's guilt in me, I want to know. If there's guilt, yeah. if there's guilt in my action, if I did something bad, I want to know. And that doesn't mean that everybody who accuses you of doing something is right or is good or is accusing you from even a good motive. But it is something we should think about. It is something we should consider sure. and we should hold on to. But I like in verse 21, it says something really important. Because 
again, like it's principle, not promise. It's not that you should always hold your tongue. It's not that never speaking becomes the value. We're not monks, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Um, but it says the lips of the righteous nourish many. Well, how is that possible without talking? Right. Like, I don't think he's like, he's, I don't think it's like the bird approach. Like you're giving actual physical nourishment through your mouth to somebody else. Cause that's gross. Right. So like, it's the idea is like, this is spiritual nourishment that's offered through talking um, sure. and that righteous kind of talking, not the, I'm using my words to manipulate or to win an argument or to convince somebody of my goodness. I'm using my words for the good of the people around me. And yeah. I think, yeah, my brother, uh, when he was like in kindergarten or first grade, his teacher would give out like silver dollars to like the quietest kid in class. And my parents didn't know. <laughs> they were like, why are you so quiet all the time? Because <laughs> he was basically being bribed to be quiet. And it wasn't the most <laughs> healthy thing in the on the planet to do. Um, but it was just kind of a funny anecdote. You know, when you're talking about uh, the, it's... Uh, it's not a virtue in and of itself to hold your tongue. Right. That we need to encourage and lift each other up. And How much were they paying teachers back then? They yeah, were away dollars in class. Yeah. Maybe it was like a half dollar. I don't know. Whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think teachers are giving away money now. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was like every week. Like, yeah, we were, that was the most quiet. Most quiet. You know, like, and he would get it every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that idea. The um, the idea that like quiet for quiet's sake is a. Uh, Maybe it's peaceful to the adults around you, but but uh, <laughs> kids can bring a lot of wisdom too, right? We want yeah, to hear them, and yeah. so I think it's a fun story. Um, also, we're reunited with the slugger. So we learned about him right. uh, a couple of chapters ago. We said, you know, consider the way of the ant you sluggard. But now we have how the sluggard affects other people. So if, like, if laziness were just on you, it wouldn't it it would be bad because it's bad to be lazy, but. What this is telling us is that the sluggard's um, actions affect those around him. This is as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. Right. Slower sluggards to those who send them. You know, like, hmm. it kind of hits on the idea of work and occupation. And, you know, it's, um, we live in a world where they talk about quiet quitting and, yeah. you know, like, trying to do less. And, and, you know, there, there are reasons for all of those movements, and that should be considered. But I also want us to consider the idea of diligence. Like, if we're hired to do a job, to do the job well. You know, it's not to be the sluggard. You know, I, don't get abused, and if, if the job isn't worth it, don't do it. But if you, if you do take a job, you're working for somebody uh, to work diligently. Um, and yeah, to, as, if, as if you're working for the Lord, right? Yeah. As if unto yeah. the Lord. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think that... I think that's it. I don't know what vinegar to the teeth are. Like, I like salt and vinegar potato chips, and they're not particularly bad. Kind of makes bad. me want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> nails on a chalkboard would maybe be, like, a current, um, a more current way of thinking about that. But the idea is that these people are irritating. Like, if you hire somebody to do a job, and they just do the job in the slowest, most lazy way possible, like, maybe they're technically fulfilling what you've hired them to do, but... Uh, but there, but it's it's um, not what you wanted. It's not what you've asked for, really. And mm-hmm. so I think as Christians, we have that as unto the Lord idea that that if we're there, if we're going to be at work, we might as well work. You know, if we're going to be there and get paid for it, we might as well work. And um, there's other proverbs that talk about paying fairly and making sure we're not taking advantage of the poor. And this one is that the laborer um, should labor while they're doing the work, and I sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, good stuff.
Well, I, I also want to say, you mentioned that Proverbs talk about things. There's an idea in Proverbs um, called parallelism, and that's where you get those couplets, where right. one proverb talks about the other, or the first talks about the other, and uh, they're all in it, and we're going to talk more about synthetic and antithetical parallelism in future <laughs> episodes. So if you want to get a jump start, you can jump on Wikipedia and try to figure out what those are. Um, but uh, it's important to remember that Proverbs, um, a lot of them are poems in those sure. forms of couplets where they both seem to talk about the same thing or they contrast things are important. And as you look at this proverb, there's plenty of those that are couplets. It's saying the same thing in different ways, um, sometimes along the same path and sometimes as opposite paths. And so right. maybe as you chew on proverbs today, uh, think about one of them and kind of the structure and how it's set up and what pairing those two things do to kind of over or extra explain the idea or add to um, the idea and reinforce it. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that you'll read Proverbs 9 today. There's lots of good things in here. There's stuff that we didn't talk about. And I would encourage you to find what matters to you in this proverb and ruminate on it. Chew on it, um, digest it, and allow it to become part of who you are. Because Proverbs exist to instruct us on who God is and who he's called us to be. So thanks for joining us. And uh, we hope to have you back tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.